1: So now moving on to today's message, because I think I got everything else done. A couple weeks ago, I spoke on Matthew 22. You know, Jesus is talking, you do air, you don't know the scriptures, you don't know the power of God. And, And we really talked about that word power being dunamis, which means what? Was anyone here two weeks ago when we talked about dunamis? We talked about the ability of God. We talked about the strength of God, and we talked about the power of God. Are you, am I, is anyone remembering this? I have video evidence. It really did happen right here on this pulpit. So we talked about the strength and the ability and the power of God, and, and what we did is we also connected that, at that time I connected it to, It always goes hand-in-hand with right living, where we live right before God. Righteousness is kind of hand-in-hand with releasing the power of God in your life. But today we want to kind of just go more into the activation side of it, because I felt like I gave you lots of doctrine and theory, but we didn't give you as much for some of the practical things on how to activate that in your life. And activation or alignment today is what I want you to see, where you align yourself to God's mission for your life. And these are, one of the, these are keys that we're trying to give you so that you can activate God's power in your life because what happens is people often get frustrated in churches because it's not working for them how they think it should. Has anyone ever been there? It's not working for you how you think it should, but what happens is there's often many things that align for us to accomplish what God wants to achieve inside of our life. But we, if we overlook something, whether through ignorance or through disobedience, sometimes we don't provide an atmosphere for God to get involved in our life. My wife shared earlier, worship is one of the keys because when you are worshiping God, you're aligning yourself, you're activating an atmosphere inside of your life for God to get involved. But if you're not activating an atmosphere, how is God going to come into an atmosphere of negativity or depression and discouragement? We invite Him in when we start praising and worshiping. And then the atmosphere changes. That's why the Bible tells us we put praise on for what? For heaviness. Go ahead.
0: So the first point that we wanted to talk, I wanted to talk to you about this morning was surrender and submission to the Lord. And I want to talk about, I want to bring forth the scripture, Psalm 51, 10 to 11. And it says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. So the question I have for you this morning is, are you willing to be willing? Are you willing to be willing when God says to do something? Because I can assure you when God says to do something, it's something that you can't do on your own. You're going to need his help to do it. And it's not easy, but with the Lord you can. But are you willing to pay the cost? Are you willing when the Lord asks you to go into the deep water where nothing and no one can sustain you except for him? Are you willing to go to that place that's uncomfortable and it hurts, it's flesh squeezing, it demands that you put aside yourself and prefer somebody else? Are you willing to get comfortable with the feeling of being uncomfortable? Are you willing to pray some dangerous prayers? Prayers that that terrify you. I've had to pray some pretty dangerous prayers, church, to stand up here in front of you this morning for God to be able to bring me to this place. It's not easy. If you would have told me 20 years ago that I'd be up here speaking with Pastor RJ, I would have said, you got the wrong girl. (laughs) ain't happening.
1: We weren't even married then.
0: (laughs) Okay, 10 years ago. but I had to go to God and I had to get down on my face and be real with him and say, Lord, I want to, I really do, but it's hard. I want to God, but I'm scared. That fear of man, I had to really wrestle with that. I had to wrestle with it and wrestle with it and leave it with God and say, Lord, if you promise me that you go with me, if you promise me that you prepare the way for me and go before me, then I will surrender my life. And I will go. But you have to promise you go with me. And in my weakness, I will step out into your strength. But I had to pray some pretty dangerous prayers. I had to be willing to pay the cost. God will always, always, always demand from you more than you can give and more than you can do. Because he wants you to have complete and total trust in him. Dependence on him. You know, as Christians, sometimes we pray prayers that want to eliminate our need for the Lord. That want to eliminate our need for a savior. We want God to just smooth it over and wave his magic wand and just make it all better. But that in no way is going to create in you a clean and a contrite heart, a loyal, persevering, steadfast spirit within you, a person who's willing to be willing. What would it look like? I'm a mom. I'm raising my kids and we're doing the best that we can and we trust God and depend on the Holy Spirit for wisdom. But what would happen if I just gave my kids everything that they want? Anything they asked for, I would do for them. Whatever they asked, they got. They didn't have to work for anything, do for anything, or do for anybody. What kind of people would we be? Is that the image of Christ? Christ was willing To be willing to go to the cross and pay that price for us. You know, in 2 Corinthians 12, 7-10, Paul says, Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so too keep me from becoming proud. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan, to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away, and each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses. How many of you actually boast about your weaknesses? How many of you say, hey, guess what I'm horrible at? I can't do this at all. But God... Paul is boasting about what the Lord has done through him and giving all the glory, all the praise, all the honor to him because he recognizes that. But God, I can do nothing. The only thing, when God does something through you and in you, God always attaches to it eternal value. Always. It will never stop doing what it's sent out to do. So when you do something and the Lord says to do it, he attaches to it eternal value. And what you might think in the natural and what you can see with your own eyes, I only did this. God says, oh no, I attached my power to it. And it went and it gave eternal value to it. And it went and accomplished and it touched people's lives along the way. But you won't know it. But for your obedience, God will take it your surrender, your willingness to be willing, God will take something and do something with it. In Philippians 4.13, we're very familiar with this scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Anything that you will ever do for the Lord, anything, it will always be supernatural. It will always be something that has eternity attached to it. That's a life, that's a person, that's somebody else that we're bringing into the kingdom. And believe me when I tell you, that when you go into heaven and you see behind you all the people that you never knew you affected because of little things that you did and you'll never know it. You'll never know whose life you touched until you get to heaven. But the Lord will say, look behind you. Because of your willingness to be willing, this is what happened. I put my power in that small thing that you did. But because you obeyed me, I took it and I made it something supernatural.
1: Amen? And there's an element here where how willing are you to be surrendered? Are you willing to say what God is asking you to say when he asks you to say it? And do what he asks you to do when he asks you to do it? That kind of ties into obedience. But surrender, obedience, go hand in hand. You know, some years ago, I was working in construction. It was quite a while ago. (laughs) But I remember I was partnered with this one guy, and he, you know, typical, maybe non-saved man, he liked to catcall the women when he was driving by, and he had nothing really honorable to say about women. And he liked to talk about his uh, drunken escapades and, you know, just talk about the party life. No problem. But when he talked about the party life and all of the comments associated with that towards women that were not favorable, in my opinion, I would talk about God and what he's doing in my life in church and Jesus. And after about a week, he basically told me, look, I don't really want to listen to what you got to say about Jesus. And I said, that's cool, because I don't want to listen to what you got to say about women in partying. And then I suggested to him, When you properly respond in these situations, I will leave this out of the conversation. But when you slip up, guess what? We're going to talk about Jesus. (laughs) And when he slipped up, I called him on it. But see, I was surrendered enough at that point in my life, I really don't care what he thinks. We have rights as individuals here in Canada. We can have a right to our belief. I didn't say I was ignorant about it. I preached the truth in love, sure. That should be the motivating force behind us. But it's important that we're surrendered enough that we don't worry what people are going to think or how they're going to respond. You know, there's many situations I find myself in, and I can't look at how the person's going to receive the truth I'm about to share and then gauge whether I should share it or not. I really believe that if God's given you truth to share with someone, you have an obligation to share truth with them. There's a way to do it. But that ties in closely with, you started to go there with seeking God in the little things. You know, the little things add up to be big things. Little things, like spending time with God on a daily basis. Like reading your Bible. You know, how many times do we see people (laughs) trying to navigate through life and they exhaust every option that they can possibly find before they stop and seek God's guidance. You know, the Holy Spirit's our guide. Isn't that what it says? He's our guide. But do you let him guide you, or do you wait till you're lost? I'm a little better at this now, but um, has anyone ever figured they know how to get there so they don't use guidance? and they end up a little bit farther away from where they want to be than where they think they should be.
0: Honey, you don't do that, though.
1: I know. God worked you're that really out in me. You're really good at that. No, he worked actually, that he out really in is. me it's long really before I met you, though.
0: I'm more stubborn. <laughs> I don't want to ask, stop and ask. I just want like, oh, we'll figure this out. But he stops, and he's like, no, we need help.
1: One time my GPS told me to navigate off the road, and I looked over, and it was telling me to drive across the field.
0: Now, if you're in a car with him and driving with him, that's another story. I'm not going to lie. But He's here's a control the, freak. <laughs> he thing. likes control.
1: <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> but here's the thing. If the Holy Spirit is your guide, he'll take you where he wants you to go. You align yourself with his plan, and you go directly to where he wants you to go. If you want to guide yourself for a little bit, you can, but you might end up way over here. He'll guide you back but sometimes there's a cost involved in that. In this particular case, our amazing team under the direction of Kim has put together, locked out, and they're going to come and they're going to show you a good illustration of this. Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) We're going to see a doctor! (laughs) Front street! Boys. Oh, we're going to see the Front Street Boys They're like the Backstreet Boys, but they're in front and they're Christian! Yeah. Front Street Boys oh. are back! Katie, <laughs> tickets go on sale in like a minute for Front, front street, street Boys! Let's get them! Let's get em.
0: Don't even worry guys, I have this locked and loaded. Locked and loaded! Oh, oh, oh. I am part of the fan club. She's a yeah. fan club! I'm on the pre-sale list. Pre-sale! Yeah. Tickets are ours. We're They're ours! All oh, right. yeah. They are ours! Oh, yeah! All right! Whoa.
1: Whoa. I'm Whoa.
0: on the website!
1: Perfect! She's on the Google The Interwebs, as the kids say.
0: Alright, I'm gonna put my username, username? in. Username? Super tall girl. <laughs> of yeah. course it is. <laughs> yeah.
1: Makes sense, makes <laughs> your sense. Password. You don't have to say it out loud. Just put it in. I'm not looking. Just put it in the box, Katie. It goes right there. Password, great. Right right, it says password, password. Right You can right just there. type it in.
0: Guys, I can't remember my
1: password. What?! Okay, well, try password. What's your password? Mark. Try name, password. Try my password. What's you Hey, y'all.
0: I heard French street boys are in town and tickets are on sale. We know, Kim!
1: We know! But Katie here! forgot her password. Katie! The drama, really? Yes, yeah, Stop. She. Did you pray? Pray for what? Pray for the password. <laughs> what?
0: Kimberly. Kimberly.
1: See he God. He's pretty busy. He's a big guy. He is up in heaven, all the way up there. He's working really hard on these big things. He doesn't have to ascend from heaven down to planet Earth to help young Katie here, who has forgotten her password. His hands are pretty full oh, right now. yeah, he's got he's the whole got the world whole in his hands. World. He's dealing with in Hawaii hands, and something the about a steel tray world. and fires and his fun hands, and Korea and world. famine. In the Middle East,
0: and that's a whole in his topic hands, right there, right now. He's got the
1: whole world in his hands. Guys, I'm really sorry. Oh, you're sorry. I'm so
0: sorry! Let's just go, Brad. Yeah, I hear Devonshire Mall has farm animals.
1: Oh. Are <laughs> they get, Christian farm animals? We gotta stop off and pick up some hand sanitizer. I don't wanna get sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Katie. I know you guys really wanted to go to that concert.
0: Guess all I can do now is pray.
1: All you can do now is pray? Okay, well,
0: I know this might sound odd to you, but uh, prayer isn't a last
1: resort. God cares about you. He wants to talk to you. He cares about everything about your life, big things, little things. I mean, Katie, they're just all things to God.
0: God, I know you have a lot going on with the famines and the floods and the fires and all the other stuff Shane was yelling about. I really wanted to go to this concert. So if you could help me remember my password, I'd... Guys! Guys! Sold out. Man, I should have prayed sooner. He's got
1: Katie's password. Where? In his hands, he's got Katie's
0: password. Where? In his His hands, he's got Katie's password. In his hands. He's got the whole got you and me and
1: me In his hands hey. he's got you and me and you in his hands he's got you and me and katie's password in his hands he's got the whole world in it
0: keep going brad keep going
1: <laughs> he'll be walking down the road so, His Spirit's our guide, but often we don't seek input from Him until we're quite lost. In 1 Corinthians 2, verses 4 and 5, in my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of God. want to activate the power of God inside of our lives. We need to start activating it in the little things in our everyday life. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us through the journey. And I, fu- I think you will find, as we do most of the time, that it makes for a lot less bumps on the way and you're aligned a lot better with what God's trying to do in your life. And when you can learn to align yourself with what God wants to do, it's a much easier journey. Things go much better for you. And you don't end up navigate off-road.
0: So I'm going to elaborate a little bit more for you on the power of obedience in our lives. And in 1 Samuel 15:22, it says, But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. You know, I often, I will ask my, I used to tell my children when they were young, so now I just ask them because I've already told them, so now they should know the answer when I say, I ask the question. What does obedience bring? And they'll go, obedience, blessing mom, blessing, okay. Well, what does disobedience bring? Discipline. What else? Consequences. If you want to be radically and abundantly blessed, and see the power of God move through you, and in you, and work through you, obedience is key. Obedience is going to be key in everything that you do. And more than that, obedience speaks to the condition of your heart. See, we can have the tendency sometimes, you know, the world that you fall under, this grace And it's, oh, it's okay, I can sin now and ask for forgiveness later. It's all good. But God knows your heart. And knows the condition of your heart under which that you are sinning. On purpose. Knowing full well that that's wrong. But then later going to him and say, oh, Lord, but you're supposed to forgive me. But you weren't obedient. Obedience will bring blessing into your life. See, the other thing, too, that we need to realize is that corporately, there are some things as Christians in the lifestyle, too, that we need to live. You know, we need to obey the Ten Commandments. We need to
1: um,
0: obey the commandments of the Lord. But we we also need to remember and understand that there is personal obedience to the Lord. So God has a specific call, a plan, and a purpose for each and every one of you here. And it's different from each and every one of you here. So God is preparing you for what lies ahead of you and he demands that you obey him, not look to the left or to the right and contrast and compare and compete with your brother or sister beside you. God might be calling you to fast, but not the person beside you. You obey what the Spirit of the Lord is telling you to do. God might be saying, I want you to give this. You know, in your Abba offering, not all of us are going to give the same. That's why we... Exhort you to pray. Seek the Lord on what he would have you give. Because he is working uniquely and personally in an individual basis in your life. Personal obedience will bring blessing. You do, and you are responsible for what the Lord tells you to do. And you're responsible to answer to him for that.
1: Amen? So the last thing we want to kind of highlight when we want to activate the power of God in our lives is activating our words. You know, Proverbs 21:23. watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. Some good wisdom in that. Matthew 12, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. And then Jesus goes on and says, you brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever's in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit or condemn you. How many times in life do we align our words with truth from God's word? Or do we align our our words with lies? You know when people are in the middle of that struggle that's the time when you need to align your words with truth from god's word you know if you if your inner dialogue and the words coming out of your mouth are i'm not good enough i can't do it i'm not able things will never change and it'll never happen for me do you think you've aligned yourself with truth you think you can activate the power of god in your life Because the Word of God is powerful, and when we align and we start speaking forth His Word out from our lips, there's a faith that's present. Doesn't the Bible say in Hebrews 11 that without faith it's impossible to please God? Mm -hmm. See, your words are activating faith inside of your life, and you're aligning yourself in the direction that God wants you to go. And as we bring things into alignment, that's where we're gonna see the power of God released. God's speaking to you all the time, but a lot of people aren't listening because they're not aligned. And the truth is if you're not speaking the word of God over your life, what are you speaking over your life? Because if you're not speaking what God wants you to speak from his word, you're not speaking blessing. So what kind of atmosphere have you created for God to get involved in? See, remember I said at the beginning, lots of times people get frustrated because it's not happening for them how they think it should. But there's some very simple things we can do through worship, obedience, surrender, where we start aligning ourselves to the things that we know God has called us to do. And when we do that, it's amazing how things begin to change. My final thought on words... Ephesians 4. I'm not even going to read it. 25 to 32. It talks about don't tell lies. Don't let anger control you. It goes on and it talks about don't use foul or abusive language. I think it talks about not stealing, right? Kind of list all these things. And then it goes on and even talks about don't even use harsh words and don't let bitterness in and don't let anger in. Why is he telling us these things are important? It's because We are to build up and to edify each other, the one another principle. There's a concept in the Word of God where we're supposed to to encourage one another. We're supposed to build each other up. We're supposed to cheer each other on, not tear each other down. And the words that we use are the primary thing that we use to determine if you're going to build someone up or be harsh with them or be abusive with them. So when we learn to align our words in the proper direction, you're gonna see you align yourself with the mission of Jesus, and that's when you start seeing the healing, that's when you start seeing release of the oppressed, that's when you start seeing the souls that you believe in God for to come in. Why? Because you're activating the power of God in your life. And I'm not trying to get us into legalism that if you do A, B, C, and D, then this will happen, but the truth is a lot of times we wonder why it's not happening, but we need to look within and start making little adjustments to make sure we're properly aligned. I assure you, if your pistons are out of alignment, your car ain't going to run so good. It's still true.
0: Amen. So the last thing I just want to touch on just is in everything that there is a balance, a perfect place where everything functions perfectly, where grace and, and mercy be are together. And, you know... The Word of God does not tell us to deny what's happening in our life. That the way to overcome the circumstance and the struggle that you're in is not to deny it and pretend it's not happening. The struggle is real and you're going through a real circumstance. I was struggling all week with a cold. I I still am a little bit and I'm not quite over it. But all week I just sought the Lord and I'm like, Bless God, I don't have no cold. I don't have a cold. I didn't go around saying I don't have a cold. Meanwhile, I'm like, can't even breathe. I'm congested. I'm a, well, the reality of the situation is, yes, I have a cold. But I sought the Lord and I, every day, and I was just like, God, I need to get these things done today. Would you give me strength? Your word says that I'm healed in Jesus' name. Your blood covers me every day. I just spoke out those words, and I just believe God for healing but I didn't deny that I had a cold. I don't deny that I have circumstances in my life that are real and that are happening. The cross of Jesus Christ is not for denial. The cross of Jesus Christ is where you bring your burden, where you bring what worries you, where where you bring what you're struggling with to him. And he helps you to overcome. And he brings everything into balance in your life there. Amen?
1: If you could stand with us at this time. As we prepare to take our covenant meal, the Lord's Supper, the bread, you know, Jesus willingly laid down his life for you and I. His body was broken. And as we come to the table, it's the great equalizer in Christianity men and women, rich and poor. People from all nations, we all stand equal at the foot of the cross before our Savior. And he died for all of us. And his body was broken for all of us. So Father, today as we have the bread in our hand, I thank you that the brokenness of Jesus brought wholeness to my life and the life of every man and woman here today. And Lord, we can look to you in doing what we know how to align ourselves with your purposes for our life. And as we obey you and trust you, as we surrender to you, as we pay attention to the little things in life, and purpose to honor you through those moments. And as we align our words with the truth from your word, I thank you that the power of God is being activated in our life. And we're seeing restoration, we're seeing healing, we're seeing deliverance, we're seeing freedom, we're seeing courage rise up, and faith to overcome anything that stands in our way. And there's nothing that can keep us down. Because your power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, lives inside of us. And we have that power, that strength, that ability. The power of God that we can release with our words and activate it by our faith so that we can receive all the things that you've instructed us to do. So we can accomplish our mission To release the captives and set free those that are oppressed and we thank you for that today in Jesus name
0: as we receive the cup this morning it symbolizes the blood that you shed on the cross father God Lord Jesus thank you for willing to be willing for us Thank you for your great love. Thank you that in your presence we encounter an awesome, loving, merciful, faithful God. Lord, I pray that the body of Christ would step into a place where we have the courage to pray dangerous prayers where we would have the courage to seek your face and say, Jesus, if you go with me, I will be obedient. I will do what you've asked me to do. I will go where you tell me to go. I will say what you tell me to say. For if God is for me, then who can be against me? Lord God, as your spirit, as your power goes through this place and ministers to each and every heart personally, I thank you that you're stirring them up inside to have some hard conversation with you, Lord, where they are willing to surrender and say, God, create a clean and a contrite heart in me. Cast me not away from your presence, Lord. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Make me willing to obey you, Lord. Let me be willing to pay the cost. Because Jesus, you paid the ultimate cost. Willingly, you did so. So we receive the cup this morning. In faith stirring up the power of God in our hearts.
1: Amen. A couple final thoughts. The altars are going to be open if you need prayer for whatever reason. Let our prayer teams join in faith with you for healing and freedom. God bless you all. Go and activate the power of God in your lives this week and change our world for Jesus. Amen.